Welcome, everybody, to the ESIS Dental Solutions MBA podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper. Join me as I spend time with some of the amazing experts in our dental profession and talk all things business of dentistry. They're going to share some of their thoughts, some of their challenges, how they overcame them, what things were like for them in 2020, and some awesome solutions for you as you look to refine the business part of your practice. Stay tuned. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode here on the ESIS Dental MBA podcast. I'm your host, John Stamper, and we are spending time with some of the amazing professionals in our dental industry and having them come on and talk about a host of different things, but the common theme being business, right? The great thing is, is all these individuals have great stories um, and are working in some form or fashion in our wonderful world of dentistry. So um, today I've got uh, Darren Alcapon, who is the EVP slash partner for DEO, and he's going to elaborate exactly what that means as he gets in and does that. Uh, Darren, it's great to see you. How are you doing? John, I'm great. Great to see you virtually. Can't wait to see you at another live event this year. Um, so yes, I am the EVP and one of the partners of the Dentist Entrepreneur Organization, or more commonly known as DEO for short. Yeah. So yeah, I've been uh, partners with Jake now for about the last four years. The, the group itself has been around for almost three decades. It was founded by a periodontist, Dr. Mark Cooper, a lot of folks know Mark. He was kind of the, uh, I call him the Yoda of group practice. He's been a sage talking about this, wow, way before the trend started upwards. So just really, really blessed to be in this position. And, and Jake and I are just basically carrying on his legacy and scaling the mastermind group up. Yeah, I love it. I know you guys have been doing tons to grow. And I think what I'm interested about today and talking with you is your your experience and your insight, you know, with corporate dentistry. Um, and, and and you know this better than anybody, Darren, you know, there, there always has been this mystique, right, with corporate dentistry. And I think that uh, once people learn, you know, about a lot of the positive things, um, you know, it certainly can, 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 can change somebody's mind, right, if they were going down a particular path. And you, you certainly are the person to speak to that. So the real question is, is when did you know, like, when did you know that this was something that you wanted to hop into and, and, and do what you've been doing? It's a great question, John. You know, um, I think the advantage for me is I came in without any preconceived notions of what it should be. You know, I came in as a non-clinician and it was a lot harder for me to build my networking effect. So what I did was I went to about 10 to 12 conferences a year for five years straight to build my network. And so I've got this moniker of being like one of the biggest networkers in the group practice space. And a lot of that was just figuring out, okay, I saw the trend. It was maybe 85% solo ownership, 15% solo ship, 15% uh, group ownership when I got in. And today it's more like a 70-30 split. So that just shows you the velocity of what the direction is in terms of ownership. And so I just, I didn't plan on it being the right side of the fence, but that's where it's trending. And so what I did was I said, okay, who are the like in anything in life, who are those that have been there and done that? Who are the the front runners and the first movers on this? And, and really, it was Dr. Mark Cooper and Jake at the time. There wasn't a mastermind group that catered to owners that were managing groups 1.5 million and above. And so today, I mean, it, it's humbling, but the group is over 250 owners that represent 1,200 locations and $1.8 billion in revenue. 
Now we're not a DSO. We don't take an ownership stake, but that's a lot of feedback loops as far as where the industry is going, what models work, what doesn't work. I just don't know if you are a standalone group or a standalone solo, how you'd be able to navigate all of these decision points, let alone something like 2020. Yeah. And I think that's, what's so interesting about DEO. And, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to attend several of your meetings, um, and, and, and really learn more about the great work you guys are doing. And that is one of the big, biggest misnomers, right? Is you're this, you're this large group and one would think you've got all the resources and, and, and you're fine. Right. And, and yet, boy, when, when, when you really open your eyes and you realize like what you guys do, that just how valuable it is for them to learn, um, from a lot of the other, you know, groups out there, what have you, and what that has meant, which you know, supports the growth that you, you've been talking about. Absolutely. You know, it's, if you've seen one DSO, you've seen one DSO, right? That, that, that is always going to remain true. How Heartland does it is different from Pacific, different from Aspen. And the reality is we should all pay homage to those groups because they paved the way for a lot of the up and coming groups. Right, it's a lot easier to build a DSO. You have accesses to communities like DEO and others that, quite frankly, didn't exist twenty or thirty years ago. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about um, how how you guys serve um, a lot of these DSO, you know, DSOs and, and a lot of the features that you know and, and value that you bring to them? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, our, our mission is basically to get owners connected to other owners' education and resources to achieve their vision. Because oftentimes, we as business owners, our vision is bigger than ourselves. We're not going to get there alone. You have to have the right leadership ability. You have to have the right team around you. And you have to have the right levers that you're pulling in your business. Because the opportunity costs vary, right? You, You can do anything, but not everything. And the reality is, what you work on and who you work with is way more important than how hard you work. I see a lot of entrepreneurs trying to grind it out, trying to figure it out themselves. And they'll probably eventually get there, but at what cost? Yeah. Right. You're, you're at the end of your career. Did you really squeeze the juice and make the most out of your opportunities? If you don't have the right team around you and you can't take time off without worrying if the business is going to burn down, you probably didn't. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about uh, two challenges uh, that you have seen. Uh, in regards to those that you work with, you know, when it comes to corporate dentistry and, and maybe have you share, you know, two of the, two of the biggest, um, you know, one of which it sounds like you kind of touched on a little bit, uh, which what you just shared, but maybe have you share with you, you know, share with everybody two challenges that you've seen, um, what those groups have been able to do to overcome that and, 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 and what they've learned from that and how that's helped them moving forward. Great question. So first challenge is always going to be recruiting and retaining top talent. I think a lot of the focus is on recruiting associates for dental practices, but but it's more than that, right? It's not only the, the back office, it's the front office personnel. You're going to have key team members that are an extension of you as the owner that help you execute on whatever your vision is. And I think what we saw in COVID was if you had a bad culture, you had a mass exodus. Yeah. And if you had a great culture, not only did those core team members stay, but some people that you didn't necessarily think as leaders in your organization stepped up to the plate because that culture was there before COVID and it'll be there after COVID. So I think that's first and foremost, how do you recruit and retain top talent? And I think the, the best groups, John, especially for non-clinicians, they're going outside of dental into very, very um, open markets like food services and hospitality. You can get some phenomenal talent there that understand customer service 
and you can level them up on the systems and the operations of, of running a dental practice. That's not too difficult if you have the right training in place. But the reality is finding the right team and retaining them has always been the number one challenge for any business, yeah. let alone dental. I think the second thing is I, I used to say seeking financing. I wouldn't say it's so much seeking financing now. I think it's seeking others that have been there and done that. So whether it's a community like the EO or anyone else, even the largest corporate groups talk to one another. Right. Because they know that they can one plus one equals more than two, right? When Heartland Aspen and PDS compare notes, you know, another organization, <laughs> ASO, there's a reason why all of those best of the best groups come together to share best practices. It's because no one's figured it all out. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to, if you and I are business owners, we get we get more out of life when we're pushing each other along and keeping each other accountable versus trying to go it alone and you don't have any points of reference to see, well, am I doing good? Well, compared to what? So I think yeah. basically finding your community is, is so important. I mean, it, if anything in life, spend time with people at your level that are struggling with the same things and then find someone that's already been there and done that or find two or three or four people that have already been there and done that. They're out there if you're willing to leave the ego on, on the sidelines. So I just got thinking about this because uh, I love this topic uh, just because I think it's always evolving and changing. And like you mentioned, you know, people are always interested in it. Uh, what is one thing that, that you have learned, um, your, your team at DEO, um, about DSOs, maybe in general, that not a lot of people would know? Meaning, you know, there's a lot of assumptions for a lot of different reasons. But what is one thing that you guys have learned that you would only learn? Uh, you know, in having an organization like DEO where you guys, you know, get all of these groups together, the masterminds and all of that. What, what's what's one thing that you've pulled from from that uh, that would be surprising to some people? You know, that's a that's a wonderful question. And and the way I'll answer it is, is this is that that leadership team is going to make or break or be the rate limiting factor to how fast that group grows. Right. And especially when it comes to affiliations, if you don't have that alignment at the top levels, it, it rolls downhill, whether you believe it or not. Yeah. And so really focusing on leadership self-development, typically what you look at the average dentist, he or she is going to spend 90% of their time on clinical CE. Well, that's not where you need the help. You're already phenomenal for the most part, right. but becoming a better leader and CEO, that's really counterintuitive to what you learned in dental school. And I get it. Right. But that's what we see as the, un the common denominator between all of the best run groups. As you look at any strong DSO, whether it be small, medium, or large, they have a phenomenal leadership team. And they have succession planning in place. So if something happened to the CEO, any one of the executives could slot into that position for the most part. That's what's that. lacking in a lot of groups. Yeah, no, I mean, I love that. I think I think that's interesting is that, you know, again, there's there's a lot of these assumptions, but I mean, you guys live this, you breathe this, you have these conversations. I've been at those tables at your events, and, and those are the things that are being talked about. It's a very open environment, which is, you know, which is awesome. All right. The, the, the other thing I wanted to ask along the business side, and, and this might be maybe another misnomer, is that, again, based on the size of the group that you've got the internal team, a lot of the internal systems and processes are done within that organization. But it seems like, Darren, we're seeing a little bit of a trend where there are a lot of companies. You know, when you use ESS as an example, there's a lot of other like third party companies that a lot of these DSOs are working with, contracting with and saying, hey, you know, it's valuable, you know, to utilize what they offer 
that's what they do best. It's what they do all the time. And even though, you know, we traditionally might've thought that we could do this in house, you know, they compare and they realize that this is the way to go. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, from your perspective on that, on any trends you see for a lot of the different business software platforms, a lot of things out there that these groups are starting to use. I think the reality you have to ask yourself is, even if it is the best platform, which I would say eAssist is, is definitely one of them in their category, what is going to get the most traction once you implement it on the conversion? Because you could have the perfect system and software out there. You could have the perfect model. If you don't have your support from your team or your staff that are going to be executing in on it, you really have to take that into account. I don't think that's usually part of the equation. And most owners don't learn that until post-integration. And it's not uncommon. You and I have both heard of owners that have to switch back to the platform they were using previously. Yeah. Because there wasn't the adoption rate is key. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's first and foremost. Really understand what is your culture like? What is the team like? I often tell people simpler is better. I even talk to to my internal DEO team about that. It's like, I don't want you to build a rocket ship if you just need to cross the street. Yeah. So all these fancy bells and whistles, how many of us on our iPhones and mobile devices, whether it's an Android or an iPhone, probably only use 20% of what it's capable of. And that's okay. It gets you where you need to go. Mm -hmm. Not everybody can be Elon Musk, right? Correct. Correct. <laughs> um, all right. So finally, uh, you know, any last words as, as we look to, you know, we're in 2021 now, uh, uh, you know, last year, uh, you know, interestingly enough, you were not talking about this before we got started. Um, you know, it feels like, I mean, there's no, no doubt that there was a lot of challenges, you know, for our profession last year, but the more we're starting to talk to people and, and see that there, there were a lot of challenges that people overcame and are a lot stronger because of it and, and are coming out of this and learn a lot about themselves, the organizations. And it does really seem like we're, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Any, any last words for, for the audience watching this of kind of what you learned in your role at DEO as you look through last year and, and kind of where you think things are headed for dentistry? Absolutely. You have to stay connected. To, to play defense and just hunker down and, and do what you used to do in 2019 it is not going to help you out in 2021 and beyond, right? And so we all know that to be true. If you had a game plan going into 2020, we all got punched in the face pretty hard. And so the reality is learn from others that have been there and done that. Learn from others that have a different perspective than you. Um, one of the ways you do that is you go to events. DEO is a great organization for events. ADSO is a great organization for events. Um, our summer summit, just due to shell, um, social distancing requirements, we're going to keep it virtual, at least for the first half of this year. And we actually created a promo code. So there's a DEO summer summit. If you go to the DEODentalGroup.com, go to the events page, there's a June summit coming up. And if you use the promo code EASSIST, which is just the way it's spelled, you're going to get an additional discount that the public won't get access to. So this two days worth of value-packed entrepreneurship, a lot of the who's who within the corporate dental space are going to be speaking at standalone stages as well as panels. And if you if you uh, register, you'll also get a copy of the recording of the event so you won't miss a beat. So there's really no downside to staying connected, whether it's our event, ADSOs, or another organizations. You really have to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on in our industry now more than ever. So I think I know that there's also going to be a special guest at your next virtual meeting. And I don't want to obviously kind of open up Pandora's box unless I, I, you might have advertised him already, but you want to share with everybody um, who you guys were able to invite if, you, you're if, if you're sharing it. 
I, I think you're talking, I mean, Bob Fantana is great from Aspen, but I think you're talking about Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. Is that who you're referring to? I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you that don't understand Gary V, look him up. I mean, he's the entrepreneur's entrepreneur. He's right up there with Simon Sinek, Tony Robbins. Um, he's one, if this was a live event, we couldn't afford him. Uh, there's, yeah. there's a long waiting list. We just benefited from the pandemic and said, who in our dream list, who would we want to speak to our, our audience of entrepreneurial dentists and Gary V was at the top of the list. So I, I've never heard him speak, John, I don't know if you have, but he's phenomenal. I've seen all his YouTube videos, followed his story, how he was able to take his parents' winery business and then just massively scale it to, by a magnitude of 10 plus. Yeah. And so we're just very fortunate to have Gary V. I would come to this event, even if I wasn't affiliated with the DEO just for him. Yeah, there's no question. And, and I think, it, I think it shows to, you know, the work that you guys are doing and that like, like what you said, Darren, you know, you, you came into this as an outsider with no, you know, no preconceived notions. And I think that's, what's exciting about what you guys have done. Um, and, and it does, it does stress the importance, like you mentioned, the business side of dentistry, the leadership side, when it comes to continuing education, you know, I've always thought that there's three legs of stool in a, you know, in a, in a, a three-legged stool when it comes to a dental practice, right? You've got your clinical, you've got your leadership, um, and then you got your business and, and they're all so important. And I know you guys are, are doing a lot of that. You're doing some great work. So um, always a pleasure to speak with you. I wish you the best of luck as you guys continue to forge ahead and uh, do great things. So thanks for your time, Darren. I know the ESS team really appreciates it. John, thank you so much for having me on and, and looking forward to seeing you at a future event. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the ESIS Dental Solutions MBA podcast. Be sure to visit iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whichever platform you get your podcast from and subscribe. That way, each time we put out a new episode, it will come through to your listening device of choice. Also, if you want some more information about ESIS Dental Solutions, be sure to check out dentalbilling.com. That's dentalbilling.com. Have a great day.